Hi, and welcome to the Day One Podcast. My name is Simon Moran, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Miss Alexi Veneri. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? Good. Alexi is the CEO and co-founder of Digital Airstrike located here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And to get started, we want to just talk a little bit about where you started off. So um, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Canada, believe it or not, um, but I've been down in the States, man, probably about 22 years now. So, uh, and I am a citizen. I'm a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in Canada, where specifically in Canada are you Originally from? outside of Toronto. Okay. Um, so big city, uh, East Coast. I think that that whole culture uh, gave me the drive that you'd maybe find with some uh, people from the East Coast uh, and the Northeast. But uh, I think, you know, the fact I'm from Canada makes me a... A little nice too. <laughs> Not that they can't coexist. Right. So grew up there, and then uh, originally uh, we moved to British Columbia. So I uh, love living in British Columbia. It's awesome. If you guys haven't been up there, get up to Victoria and Vancouver. And I went to school at University of Calgary. So what kind of drove that path to wanting to go to the University of Calgary? And what did you go to school for? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, uh, this will be a little different unless any of our listeners who are looking at pick picking some colleges want to not only go out of state, but out of country. Um, in Canada, there's, there's about, you know, four large schools. And this is one of the largest. Um, and I was drawn to it because we actually hosted the Olympics at the end of uh the 80s back in the day and we just had the most amazing facilities and they actually had really the only BA program that I could get that helped me focus on um, tourism and kind of hospitality management. Sure. So I didn't want to be a travel agent. I actually wanted to run like amazing four season hotels and like, you know, somewhere overseas that was very glamorous. So that was my original goal. But um, definitely came out of the tourism side and uh, did work in tourism. I worked at the busiest um, tourism bureau actually on the island on Vancouver Island. And from there I was recruited to the States by the Clipper. Uh, it's a transportation company that uh, gave me the dream job at a, at a college release. Really. So I've been working for the Bureau, which was pretty cool. Um, but we, uh, I was tasked with being a Canadian coming down to run a sales team that talked about Canada and all the great packages and vacations. Right. And they flew me around the States to talk to really tour operators to get them to buy our packages. And it was a dream job. I got to visit literally every state uh, but talk about my home country. So it was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit then about how in that traveling or your different job experiences that you went through to end up here in Arizona. Sure. Well, the best advice I could give anybody, um, and it's funny, I just was reading an article today in Inc. Uh, by uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, the Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, it's not about destiny. It's about decisions and choices you make along the way. And I would say the best thing for me is I was always super open to the next opportunity, no matter kind of how out of left field it felt or, you know, if, I didn't really have a master plan. I just knew that I wanted to try new things. I was very driven and I, I loved a new challenge. Um, the other, adv other advice I'd give people is be willing to move for your job before you can't move, you know, right. once you've got kids and a house and, but before then, man, it was the best thing I ever did to be open to those experiences. So I didn't plan on coming <laughs> to Arizona. Um, like I said, I was working with the tourism bureau and the president just called me one day and said, Lexi, I'm coming up on, on the high speed catamaran, meet me for lunch. I wasn't looking for a job. I don't even think I was dressed, you know, my best business attire. I didn't have a resume with me. He took me to the fanciest restaurant, the fanciest hotel, and just pitched me on coming to the States. So taking that meeting, coming down was great. 
Uh, then I happened, and this is back in the day, believe it or not, pre-social media, which you guys know we do a lot of now. Um, so I was working for them in the States, and I happened to be flipping through a, a newspaper, which I actually never did. I don't know how that happened. And there was a big ad that showed a picture of the mock-up for the Seattle Mariners baseball field. And it said, this could be your office. I had no plans to go into sports. I had no right. plans to run a facility. Other than I guess back in the day, I did want to run hotels. And I just applied. I'm like, I could do this job. So I tried it. They put me through like 16 interviews. And uh, got the job as director of marketing, youngest director ever, I think, in, in all of baseball. Um, and helped open a huge facility. We had like 50,000 people every night at a game. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I just, my neighbor pitched me about a job. So I wasn't planning on leaving a sports team. It was really fun. Uh, but I'll tell you, money is not there in sports unless you're a player. <laughs> I know about you, but I, I wasn't great at baseball. Um, so I was, you know, working in the front office and my neighbor happened uh, to be picked to become president of a new tech startup in Seattle. And he said, look, when I can afford you, I want you to come over and be our head of marketing. I never thought I was crazy. You're going to leave a baseball team? You know, but I'm like, this is technology. This is awesome. I want to try something new. So it was kind of a pattern that I was always willing to take the interview, take, you know, have an open mind. Right. And, uh, you know, that's that's how I got in technology. And from there, I was recruited to New York to help take a tech company public. And the original investor in that one first tech company in Seattle called me one day, uh, a local amazing guy. Uh, and he showed up in his private jet and said, hey, I want you to move to Arizona and take my traditional ad agency to the digital world. And again, people are like, why would you leave New York? You just took this company public. And what got me, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget what he said, as he said, when are you tired of making other people rich? And when do you want to run your own thing? And, you know, I definitely have always been an entrepreneur at heart. And I'm like, man, oh, he knew just what to say. Right. <laughs> so that's how I ended up here. And uh been in maybe not 13 years now so okay. it's been pretty cool and i love it and so how did you guys start off then was it a, a smaller company you guys are at almost 200 people now and and how did you guys progress over those uh, 13 well years so? it's almost been 10 years it was actually yeah. almost to the day 10 years ago the idea happened but um those of you that you know might remember 10 years ago it was a nightmare in the recession remember our state was the first to really feel it in right. the real estate you know crisis um mortgages were you know it was all kind of a, a mess and uh, unfortunately, um, it was around the time where uh, our biggest industry at, at the agency that we worked with was automotive. And cash for clunkers was a thing. Some of you might not remember it, you're a little too young, but um, the government was giving people cash, literally, to bring in any kind of junker. Mm -hmm. And I there's a few that, in, yeah. this, in this state, right? <laughs> so, um, but the government was taking like nine months to pay the dealers back. Yeah. And the manufacturers stopped making cars. So the dealers just, they didn't, have, they didn't have cars to sell, so they didn't advertise. Right. Um, so it was really tough. So the agency was going to close. And I still went to a conference. So like what you guys are doing with podcasts, always learn. That's a whole other thing. Always have your mind open. Um, there's always something we can learn every single day. And, you know, um, really, it was like probably the most dire time I've ever had in my career where you just had no idea how anybody was getting a job, including myself. And I went to this conference regardless. And I ended up talking to some great guys. And they said, well, Lexi, you should start a company. 
if you're going to start something, what do you think we need right now? And this is before there were business pages on Facebook. There was no advertising on any social network. Right. And I said, you know what? This is where we're all going. This is where consumers are communicating. And I'd love to find a way to build technology to help businesses connect with consumers online. Because quite honestly, nobody had money for advertising at the time to afford big radio or TV campaigns. But they could connect with consumers if they knew the way to do that through social networks. Sure. And that's where the idea started. And it, it literally started at my kitchen table. And so now that you've grown, uh, you know, to almost 200 people at this point, how do you go about managing such a large company uh, within locally here? Um, how do you manage these people on a day to day basis? Well, I don't personally, I always think that we're one big team. Um, and we are so fortunate that some of those very first team members we hired, I mean, they were literally, we only had a couple of roles we had that you had to, you know, be a graduate. Um, and I was, I'm still to this day, super proud. We were probably the only people hiring college grads, mm -hmm. literally. Um, you couldn't get a job at like a yogurt land. I mean, it was really oh, dire man. back then, right? Because there are people with lots of experience that couldn't get jobs. Sure. And I said, look, I want someone that's out of school. It's going to be sharp. They get social media. So that was the first requirement. The other one, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm editing this. Uh, it wasn't exactly the language, but it's like, you can't be a jerk. And that was really my only requirements. Right. And some of those first people have stayed with us. We're going to be 10 years in March. We're official. Um, and they're managers now. And they lead the teams. Mm -hmm. And they're, we really think of ourselves as coaches. Um, the other advice I could give everybody is just, you know, hang on to what you learn at each job. And and while I wasn't necessarily someone that followed baseball or was a, an athlete, um, I love the team approach. And it always stuck with me having that experience at the Seattle Mariners. And so I think that we all are coaches and we can motivate each other. And sometimes you have to cover other positions. Right. You got to pinch hit, you got to jump in. And I think that we all really do that. Um, the other thing that I do is because it, it has been my baby and I've pretty much done every job. Um, you know, I'm even looking at Josh over there and, you know, I'm, I'm an amateur photographer and I'll edit photos and I jump in, but, um, I really care. And I jump in because I care because I remember where we started and I never want to have to lay off people mm -hmm. because we mismanaged the business or we screwed up and had a bunch of clients cancel. So I will jump in and I like to be bifocal, right. um, but I'm not in everyone's business every day. But I, I do care. I want to make sure they've got the tools they need to succeed. Um, I do ask a lot of questions. Uh, and I also, though, empower and trust our team. And we've got an amazing, you know, team of coaches that we we hopefully give, you know, the training, the skills, the tools to. And really all of our, we call it DAS family, all of our family of our team members um, tools so they can kind of grow their career here at Digital Airstrike. Now, talk to me a little bit about the landscape of where you see social media and, and digital marketing going because it's obviously changed over the last 10 years. What is one of your guys' biggest focuses right now when working with companies? Sure, that's a great question. Um, the other thing saying we have is the only constant here is change. And really back in the day, it was the Wild West. Uh, WWW was the wild, wild West of social, and it still is. But it was really changing all the time back then. So we had to be nimble. And I really encourage our team to embrace every change and know the social networks are not going to tell us even though we've got 5,000 business clients, um, they don't tell us half the time because they don't even know some of the changes. They're, they've got they've gotten so big that one department maybe handles you know Facebook reviews and they don't talk to the team that handles Facebook ads at all. Uh, Messenger's a whole nother thing, right? And the WhatsApp team and Instagram. So um, we learn to be nimble and investigate things and find solutions and even create solutions where they might not be. 
So some things that we're really seeing, um, I mean, it's always been about mobile, but really messaging is huge. So for a couple years, um, we have been fortunate to go to, you know, Facebook partner conferences and such. Uh, and, you know, we've learned about changes with Messenger. We, we, we knew about Marketplace when it was coming out. So it's really gone from, you know, here's just a way for consumers to connect to maybe flooding it with too many ads to now, wait a minute, let's be targeted. Let's get more consumer opt-in. Um, but let's make it a marketplace that's relevant. Right. You know, and now when I see ads or when I'm on marketplace, I love it because I don't turn on regular TV. I don't see ads anywhere else. I mean, I was bombarded with more ads as a kid, you know, with regular television programming and regular radio mm -hmm. that you'd have to listen to. Um, but now it is targeted and I can choose to snooze it or turn it off or don't show this to me again. And that's really where it's going so much so um, that messaging platforms in a way um, the social networks are morphing into messaging platforms and they always were, but, um, you know, looking at some trends that we're kind of privy to around WhatsApp and Instagram and where things are going, um, it, it's really dynamic for business and it's really cool. And it, it's, uh, you know, I think it's just one of those huge revolutions in our lifetime that we're ever going to see. Right? Now, where do you look at this whole influencer marketing and do you mm -hmm. guys work with influencers or, or what do you see the positives and negatives of having influencer yeah, marketing? Um, I think that it has to be authentic. And unfortunately, I think it's not with a lot of them. And we know that. And maybe you're still OK with that. You know, if you know somebody that's that's, you know, amazing at doing, let's say, YouTube videos and makeup application or whatever it might be. Right. Um, you know, you know that then when they're suggesting a brand, okay, probably someone's paying them. Right. But the fact that they're an expert in that field, or when you see like gamers, you know, really get high on a game and they incorporate it in their YouTube channels, okay, they're probably getting something. We all know that like Twitch, they're getting some peace if you whatever subscribe to them or follow them and then you click that link. But um, I think that as long as they keep it authentic and transparent about that, it's okay. I think the second that you see an influencer, you know, pitching everything. One day I'm going to pitch, you know, this destination for travel. The next day I'm pitching some sort of beauty product. It's like, okay, you can just be bought. Right. I think that's where it becomes challenging. And I think consumers today are so smart. They're not going to fall for that. It might work a couple times. Mm -hmm. So we're monitoring it. Um, for a lot of our businesses, um, we can get a lot more direct results targeting consumers with opt-in ads than we can. And we don't tend to do brand marketing. We're more direct response. Um, but certainly we're we're out there and we're talking to companies and we're really in the middle of, of watching it. Um, and I don't think there's been a great platform yet to totally, on the flip side, if you want total transparency, it should be easy to go on a platform. Maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's someone else and have influencers sign up and tell you their price. Right. You know, um, influencers really are athletes, celebrities that you can pay right now to do speaking engagements. There's sites you can go Google and find out what it costs to have Dennis Rodman speak at your event, which, by the way, we've done before. So I do know that one. Um, but I mean, you know, you could I, I think then, you know, they almost need to go full transparency. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, it would be easier for companies to probably more directly engage with them in a way that's also, I think, more easy to calculate the ROI. Right. So. And bringing a little bit of the focus back onto Digital Airstrike as a company, one of the things I like to focus on, you know, having so many employees is what do you guys do to really deliver a positive company culture and drive that awesome experience on a daily basis? Absolutely. Well, our mission overall is to help consumers have, you know, a five-star awesome online experience with any business that helps convert them into loyal customers, right? Um, but we need to make sure our team has a great experience. So we're all about making sure that they 
they think like owners. They all get stock options in our company. Um, most companies don't do that anymore, and we do. Um, we really make them a part of decisions with the benefits. We have a great group called Das Ventures that it's our team are, you know, they apply to be on the committee and they decide the charities that we support every month. We always do a monthly charity. We always do monthly events. Um, we also encourage them to have like passion and action. So kind of like, what's your side hustle? We have a, we call it a coach's corner back to the sports thing. Uh, you can learn about all of our managers and right in there, we're all transparent about our side hustle. We all should pursue those passions. And when you're at work, I want you to be passionate here at Digital Airstrike, but when you're not go go pursue that and enjoy it, right? Um, we also from day one have had a culture of whatever it takes. So we want to do whatever it takes for our team and we want to do whatever it takes for our clients um, and each other. And so we do monthly awards around that. Uh, that kind of leads to we feel like we truly are a team. And you know, some companies do things like president's club trips just for sales. Mm -hmm. well, our sales team can earn amazing trips, but why can't other people in the company earn that? We all right. work with sales. It's not just a sales thing. It would fall down if all you had were salespeople, right? So our WIT awards are ways that everyone else can earn entries to go on that trip. And every year we pick a cool destination uh, and about half the attendees are non-salespeople, which is great. Mm. Um, so we, we just do a lot of things. We, we really want to encourage your team to think like owners. They do get that stock. So how do they think like the business owners we help, but also as owners of digital airstrike and suggest things, make improvements, uh, things like we do a monthly lunch. Every, lunch, every month I meet with every new employee and everyone having an anniversary. And it's great lunch. We have a private room at this great restaurant, Olive and Ivy down the street. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I I challenge them. I'm like, come with something you love about the company. So I get that feedback, you know, because oftentimes business owners don't know. You know, you've got all these benefits. Which ones do they really like? Right. Um, and then talk about what we can improve. And we take notes and we follow up. And we've had a lot of cool suggestions about things that we could do differently come from our team, which is what we want. True. So, um, you know, we're kind of like this work hard, play hard family that does whatever it takes and is passionate and, you know, thinks like owners and and really, um, you know, has that passion and action, too, for what we do, because we know we help businesses. And so taking all that into account, it sounds like you're pretty busy on a day to day basis. Yeah. So talk to me and give some advice to other business owners or people listening on how you structure your day and how you bring time, make time for yourself throughout that day too, to execute on different things. Yeah, that's a great question. I was just in Detroit yesterday um, at a leading women's conference and listening to speakers all day. I'm like, oh man, I do some of these things, but do I share enough of that with our team? So I actually wrote notes uh, for any of our team members watching. I want to, I want to share that more broadly. But um, one of the ideas that I do that I thought, man, do I tell everyone else it's okay to do this? Um, I schedule meetings with myself. I've always done that in my calendar. I do it in my work outlook because I don't want to maintain like multiple calendars. Um, and I want our team to know we do care about work-life balance. And if you have to take your kid in for that dentist appointment, or it's, you know, you're going to help out with art class in the afternoon, you know, once a month. I mean, that's great. Put it in your calendar. Right. I trust our team to make up the time. I know if it's me, I'll get online a little earlier if I do have to volunteer at my kid's school in the morning. Um, I, and I really do book out time for myself. If I know I have to focus on meetings or, you know, reviewing something, I book a meeting with myself. And then it shows in your calendar that's blocked. And I'm not getting the pop-ins, even though I really do want that open door policy. So that that's definitely a tip. Um, and you know, so much of our work and, and personal does intertwine, we kind of embrace it here. That's really what social media is. Sure. Right? We're on working with our clients. Our friends might pop up and think we can do a messenger. We will respond. So it's kind of that blend in our society today where the lines aren't so like nine to five anymore. Um, and I think as long as you empower your team, you trust them and you let them know these things are okay. 
give them those tips, um, you know, it could be helpful. But I, I definitely want to even, I think, share more of those tips. Just even managing email and Outlook these days, right? right? Yeah. And there's things that I've just been <laughs> at it longer than some people know um, that I didn't know in, in year five or year eight that, you know, it, it is helpful to try to share that. Um, something we've done too with our with our managers is we've started a, a management leadership series and some trainings, but also um, we've bought tickets to the Arizona Speaker Series, which started last year. It's awesome. Amazing speakers come in, you know, like Jane Goodall and um, just some really cool people have come in from different industries. Uh, Captain Scott Kelly, you know, you can mm. learn from an astronaut yeah. who was in space for a year. That's really cool. Crazy. Um, so we bring our managers downtown Phoenix. You know, we sometimes get trapped in our bubble here of we're an old town or, you know, I'm a central Phoenix person or whatever you might be or Paradise Valley. Um, but I want them to broaden, you know, their mind and hear from other people and get inspired and then take that back to their personal life and the company. Um, and again, it's kind of that commingling. But if you if you give them permission to do that and you encourage them to have that balance, I think that's really important. And then finishing up here, if you'd like to talk about a little bit about digital airstrike and the direction it's going in the next five to 10 years and really who you're looking to serve and work with either here locally or nationally as well. Sure, absolutely. Um, we're already national. So of our 5,000 clients, they're all over. They're even in, I think we're in 18 countries. Um, and it's really business owners that um, recognize the value of embracing new engagement tools to connect with. Uh, we really look to, to convert consumers into loyal customers. And there's lots of ways we do it today. So we started in social media and helping them monitor for online reviews and, and claim those social networks and post and respond to comments. And then we moved to advertising but really we've we've expanded beyond that so we've got ways to dynamically respond to customers that might want to ask you a question at you know midnight when they're home and the kids are in bed and they've got a question and they're maybe searching for their next car or looking for you know cosmetic dentistry or whatever it might be right um so we we've got amazing artificial intelligence really sales assistants uh that full transparency we want consumers to know this is a bot mm -hmm. it's a really smart bot and it's gonna do this cool stuff for you but oftentimes that's what consumers want right, right? and then when you want a human we're super clear on you know someone will get back to you when business hours are open and we will like send text messages to that next kind of round robin in the crm so that next salesperson or customer support agent or, or account manager can get back to that consumer so we're all about making it easy for consumers to get amazing information about things that they're researching that they want to buy um, and then give back some time to that business owner right let let us handle the headaches of all of these things for you um, give you some really cool to tools to get feedback about your your um, prospects and customers give them a better experience boost your maybe customer satisfaction scores. Um, but maybe you can hire a few less people. I know it sounds weird. I was so passionate about, you know, we were able to hire all these millennials during the recession and now I might help business owners get by with a few less people. But now that, you know, unemployment is so low, it can be hard to find great people, sure. right? And the talented people want automation that work in your business. They want some tools to do this for them. So it frees them up, you know, so you're not just spending your whole day at whatever company logging into 20 tools. How do we give them back some of that time so they can get back to actually building personal experiences with prospects and their customers? Right. So that's what we do. Um, lots of things we're doing with video and really getting consumers that information they want fast when they want it. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, it's such a fun space to be in it. And ultimately, I know our team loves that we help consumers.
So we really help the businesses, but man, how we do that is by making those consumers have an awesome experience with whatever whatever business they're contacting. And so for those that are listening that either want to follow along to your guys' journey on social media and maybe some of the employees, what they have going on here, or specifically reach out to the team to work with you guys, how can they go about doing that? Absolutely. Well, we love to hear from you on any of the social channels, for sure. And the social networks, you can find us easily. But uh, it's just digitalairstrike.com. We um, have a blog. We do our own webinars. Lots of educational things to help business owners and managers. So please follow us. Um, no obligation. We even do uh, a free audit for anyone that wants it just to give them an, a sense of what is my online digital footprint looking like? What's my presence? How do I stack up against the competition? And maybe where are some holes that I need to fill so that I can maybe show up better in organic search? Or, I man, I didn't even know there was this maybe you know, comment about my business out there and how do I fix that? Uh, so that's all free of charge, no obligation. We'd love to help out business owners because as an entrepreneur myself, I know it's not easy. Um, and we're just passionate about doing good business the right way that's transparent, that helps consumers. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Alexi Veneri, the CEO and co-founder of Digital Airstrike here on the Day One Podcast. Thank, thank you. Thank you guys. It was awesome.